All right, so we're here with Jason Schmierko and John Mayberry. Thank you guys so much for giving up your time to come on and share with us. No problem, no problem. Anytime. Appreciate it. So we wanted to have you guys on because you work with investors and you do some work with flipping properties. And which sounds like an interesting experience. I've kind of overheard both of you on the phone at various times, which sounds like it's not all HGTV cracks it up to be. <laughs> so give us, you know, maybe Jason, let's start with you. Kind of how did you get into this? You have a little bit of a different story than John's story in terms of working with investors. So specifically, specifically on the flip side, like yeah. work with flips. Yeah, so I, um, I actually got into real estate because I was flipping houses. Um, I worked with CIR's own Kelly and Linda Vidalka. And um, I, was, I came from a construction background, and it was just easier to do a project and not have someone overlooking you and picking stuff apart, and someone either buys it or they don't. And I started doing a bunch of projects a year, and I decided I should probably get my real estate license. <laughs> and then after I'd done that many projects, that was just kind of, that was my clientele. It was uh, people in the construction industry that I'd worked with in the past that wanted to do what I was doing. And uh, it just kind of went from there, and it was it was great for a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like we could have a you could write a book on adventures and work with Kelly and Linda Vidalka. Um, yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Love you guys. Absolutely. Um, John, your experience um, working with investor clients and flips. Yeah, so uh, I didn't have the background. I moved here in 2003 from the states, and uh, just happened to start working with some investor clients early in 2005 and since then just kind of built uh, that business. And those were like the golden years of working yeah. with investor clients. Yeah, yeah, that was good times. They, uh, it's funny you joked about HGTV. I mean, back then a lot of people were really making a lot of their money on the market itself, but they did a little bit of renos, so then they came out the woodwork. Everybody was a flipper. That's right, <laughs> literally, yeah. 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 So you, because going back to you on that, today, do you still have, based off of where the market is right now, do you have clients coming to you still being like, I want to flip a house? I do. Um, it's more to do with, uh, uh, without sounding arrogant, like I developed a nice name in Calgary for working with investors because of the very beginning stages, working with a couple, um, doing the lists that we've talked about in the past, things like that and really taking your time with each client to make sure they make money. Yeah. Um, that's the whole point. So if they do that and you're not trying to push them into stuff and you find them good things, then the word spreads and, and those people actually continue to rebuy as well, right? Nice, yeah. Can I follow up a question to that? And maybe kind of, if you would both mind answering this question. So when you say working with specific clients to make sure they're making money, how would you define a good client for flipping a property? Like the type of person that like this strategy makes sense for? Uh, well, you have to have money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check. Uh, check, yeah. yeah. Um, it just depends. I mean, uh, Jason can attest to this. There's such a, a wide variety of investor clients. Um, I mean, you got people just getting into it that, that I get referred to that kind of need their hand held throughout the process. Um, and then there's a ton of guys that have been doing this for a long time and they know what they want and yeah so I mean you got to have the knowledge we help with that side of it but um, just kind of I mean the biggest thing for me with investors is know your numbers so they need to understand um, 
and always go on the long side. How long is it going to take? Your holding costs, you know, know the area which we help with, but where are your margins at, the lows and the highs, so that you're not overspending on a project, which is one of the biggest issues people have. Yeah. Jason, same question in terms of who do, what type of client do you recommend looks at flips as an option? Um, we, we get um, probably four or five people a week that come to us and say we want to flip houses and I turn down 99% of them because they, I, I vet them because I have to. Yeah. Um, we've had people, I mean I, I lost some money last year for the first time in flipping houses and it was a choice because I didn't want to carry them. Yeah. But uh, the, basically the three major criteria is you have to have money and it has to be cash because if you're paying interest, that's your margin. Um, you have to have construction, construction knowledge because if you're paying someone else to do the work or you can't at least be there to manage your own employees, um, you're going to lose it uh, to the markup. Yeah, another 20% on the... Yeah, you're going to... And, uh, and also just the, that management side of it too. Um, the, the demo is the number one place where people lose all of their margins is because they go in and they've got a happy hammer and all of a sudden they've ripped <laughs> out 30, 40% more than what they should have happy because it's, it's easy to do that, right? <laughs> Like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't like this, this doesn't look right. And you start tearing things up. <laughs> Wait a minute, happy hour. <laughs> I like that. You guys should have been here for the pre-show. Oh, man. <laughs> Try to be serious here for a change. That's right, that's right. You're, you're doing good. You're doing yeah, I was, and I'm, I'm off now. We saw it three minutes ago. <laughs> Had a happy hammer earlier. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have the money, um, and then obviously that's where the realtor comes in. You have to find the right house in the right area, and that's easy. There's hundreds of them out there, but the margins in Calgary are so slim because everybody's a house flipper now. Like it's it's mm. getting ridiculous. Would you would you guys attest that to HGTV? It's like the, the popularity of it. Yeah, the, it's also similar. To, it's funny when open houses. Like I was talking to my client last night, and like HGTV and those shows. You know, it's like put the open house sign. We got two offers, and so yeah. everyone thinks that. The open house, so it's very similar. Yeah, and like I mean, in twenty-eight minutes without commercial, it's also like had too often. the United yeah. States on a lot of them, and and the construction cost in the U.S. versus here is huge. I mean, you'll watch that, and it's like we did a new kitchen and bathroom and basement for eighteen $4. grand. Yeah, four dollars. <laughs> this is why Whereas, I feel like we can gut our bathroom for yeah. twenty-five hundred dollars. Yeah, for so I'm like, why haven't we done this yet? Yeah. It's gonna be twenty-five hundred dollars yeah. in two days for the sink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, okay, so let's go back. So, Jason, start kick us off in this one because um, you said you have you know, so many people a week contacting. Where are you finding these clients? Um, we've actually got um, a website that I don't know how people are finding it. My assistant is great. She does all this <laughs> stuff. And so we get like a couple of months from that. Um, Facebook is a huge one. I grew up uh, around Calgary, and so I just know way too many people here. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people, people know what I do because I started doing this right out of high school. And so everybody that I know knows that I, I got into flipping houses. Some people don't even know I'm a realtor, which is bad marketing on my part. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm known for here in Calgary. And so a lot of people come. And, and for the most part, that's, that's organic. Like it's just the name that you built. You know enough people. Like, yeah, I'm terrible at marketing. Advertising. I've okay. never really, I'm starting to market now. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's just from people that you know. And conversations too. You know, Sometimes you go to the bar and you have a couple of drinks and start talking to some guy that's in construction. That happens to you? All the time. And yeah, I would love, yeah. Just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's, I meet a lot of clients that way too. Like it's construction guys. They, nice. Nobody wants to work for a client that's going to pick apart your work. 
And yeah. it, it makes sense if you have um, those three criteria, which most people don't. So Fair. Yeah. And John, for, for you too, I know that you have an impressive list of investors that you work with and you're yeah, constantly exactly. keeping in touch and yeah. sending out properties. So is that is that basically how you end up working with people? Yeah, I find that, um, and, and again, I think Jason and some of the other agents in the office can attest to, a lot of investors like off-market stuff um, before it's hit the market. Um, they just like it because it's off the market, but also there's no paper trail on the price and things like that. So they can go in there, because it's hard once you bought a property and you're trying to sell it a few months later, it's easy to go back and see what it was bought for totally. and things like that. Totally. And that biases um, any realtor. Oh yeah, that makes like sense. That. And so when I, as I said, I told this in one of our other interviews and I see a lot of people doing it. And for me going all the way back to like 05, 06, somebody had given me the advice to start building a list. And so whether you have one person or you have 20 people, um, I send out an email to this list and, and you know, it's BCC and we pay everyone first come first serve. And so you get properties from other realtors you know or other investor clients or nowadays Facebook and yeah, all the different yeah. places and, and we continually send that out. And so people hear about it or when you're out with the next client you know they start talking about being uh, a people flipper probably want to get on that list or, correct and so yeah. the list grows yeah so you talk about it as soon as you said like off-market stuff like yeah. immediately people's like oh those secrets like i want that secret inventory exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Line letter t you yeah. know it's uh, um, that kind of stuff so um, i think that that's really compelling for people to buy into that yeah we have an idea for um a coming soon program with at CIR before things hit the market, that would work really well. Yeah, I used to tell my clients all the time, I used to always put them in the investment or in the remarks, whenever I had a suite of property, I'd say, uh, I'd talk to my seller and just say, hey, would you guys consider holding back you know, 5% for lend it out as seller financing? And then so I'd put seller financing may be available. And my phone just blew up <laughs> investors. And every investor, I'm like, wow, it's only like 10 grand. They're like, ah. And I said, but if I have anything else that makes money, do you want me to contact you? Right. And they're like, yeah, add to the list. Yeah. And we got like two or 300 people, um, cool. probably like 250 when it was all said. And very few people are like, no, I don't want you to yeah. contact something me. Makes money. It's like the foreclosure, right? I mean, yeah, the same it thing. Is. It's such it, a it, buzzword. It gets them in and then. That's right. That's yeah. exactly it. Okay, so let's talk about types of homes. Um, mm. and it's okay if you guys. Uh, uh, disagree or you guys have different things you look for, you know, and, and that's okay. So there's no universality here, um, if that's even a word. Um, whatever. It's universalness. Yeah. It's our end. No. We, we can use whatever words we want to use. So what types of properties are you looking for? What are the features that are most common with these flip projects? Maybe Jason kick us off. Um, so there's a bunch, I've, I've dabbled in almost everything and some stuff is more profitable, some stuff is less risk. So. Um, I started out, and I still think the best investment with, that has the least amount of risk to it is to buy kind of a rundown property, but that it doesn't need any work right now. And preferably something that's in a price point where you're carrying costs, even if you're putting 5% down, you can hold it for five years, rent it out, and in five years, it's gonna appreciate enough that that's your, your safety cushion. Then you renovate it when you're ready to sell it, so you haven't lost any value in the renovation that you've done. And I've had a lot of success. That's the majority of the properties that I did. I kept them that way, and they were almost all in Marlboro. And I made great money in Marlboro. That was yeah, a great community for me. Um, I'm tired of having tenants, so I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Um, we also tried out uh, some of the lower uh, value properties. I went into Pembroke once, and it was probably <coughs> the most successful flip I had. I showed that one. 
but it was um, it was very interesting. It was those chicken coops yep. off of Fourteenth uh, yep. Avenue and like Fifty Second Street. Yeah, and I bought it for one sixty, and it was four hundred square feet. So we were able to gut the inside. Um, it went from like dog feces on the floor with holes in the subfloor and like pink and orange walls with holes in them. Nothing in the house worked. Uh, it had 60 amp service. Wow. We completely renovated it and made it look like a brand new infill yep. on the inside um, for 10,000 bucks. What? Um, we sprayed the cabinets, we did all that stuff. And so I bought for 160 and we had offers within a week for like 245,000. But you learn something new on every single project. Um, People who are buying that project don't have more than 5% down. And the banks came in and appraised it, and we got appraised at 190. So oh, no. we oh. lost out on almost $50,000 of profit, which it was a home run. It was the first time I've ever got that type of profit out of something. And we ended up still making money. Your ceiling, right? But we, yeah, we, we ended up selling for uh, around 190 and made about 10,000 profit in three weeks. Right. And it was awesome, but it could have been a good one. And so I, I, I stay away from those areas now just because uh, I'm busy with real estate and I just, I don't want to deal with tenants. I don't want to deal with theft because those areas have a little bit of problem with that. Um, I'm in Charleswood, Brentwood, yep. Acadia, areas like that. Uh, and we're doing the full, we're doing the full reno. Um, I'm working with cash buyers who um, we're going in and buying the property in cash so that we don't have carrying costs. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing everything like insulation, vaulting ceilings, sometimes doing additions. Um, and we're trying to hold on to them for around six months. We're stretching the reno out so that we're not buying today, selling tomorrow, and trying to justify um, the renovations being the only reason why it's gone up in value. There's a house that happened on our street like that. Yep. And it was literally like bought, renoed, put it back on the market two months later. And I mean, it's, it's sold, but your exact comment was what you just said. John. Yeah, John. Um, just to kind of add to his, my own personal favorite type of properties for renovations are in the areas kind of like Brentwood, Charleswood. I mean, there's a lot of them in Calgary. The older areas that are nice areas that have good margins. Um, finding an older property that hasn't been updated at all. It's all right. original, older family. Haysboro, Willow Park, Maple you know, Ridge. Yeah, they've never changed stuff. anything. They're moving on. Whatever. Um, traditionally, 11, 1,200 square feet to 1,400, 1,500 square feet bungalows. Um, a lot of them will be like three bedrooms, and you can convert them to a big master two bedroom um, just to kind of give you a more direct. That's yeah. our yeah. favorite is bungalows in that, yeah, love that. neighborhoods yeah. with those square footage because they're easy to just, um, they always, you know lipstick on on a pig or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. a pig but yeah, no, I get it. I a cosmetic <laughs> flip right i mean yeah, you walk totally. through you can yeah. do the easy stuff without getting into the big construction side and changes it's right. more come in new flooring new kitchen yeah. new paint Paying move a couple room, of walls wall, add a bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. got it those seem to be the best over the last decade for and, like our guys and when you walk into a property i can smell a flip a mile away yeah. yeah, like you walk in and you know immediately. And when we were, you know, quite recently within the last two years, we're looking at houses and we walk in and every time, flip, yeah, flip. I can just tell you, you go into the basement. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna go into the basement. It's gonna have carpet. It's gonna be nothing in there. Just bare walls. You know, just like, <laughs> big like open super area. Super simple. Yeah, yeah, big open area. But the upstairs, the kitchen will be a wall will be removed. Island will be there. There's yeah. gonna be four stools. But you're an agent. Yeah. You are. You were an agent. Right. But so yeah. you're used to yeah. seeing that. But that's what the public likes. That's, that's exactly. What they and like. so it sells. That's exactly what they yeah. Like. 
So, I mean, why reinvent the wheel? Yeah, Just precisely. keep doing it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And it's, it's predictable, so, um, so you know what you're getting into, especially when you go to the same, the bones of the properties are very similar. That sort of 1969 area, 1960s area. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, those kind of price, you know exactly what you're going to get. Yep. You open up a wall, there's no concerns, you know, you're not typically working with Open up the kitchen, the living room. And things like that, so. And I, to add on to the one he was talking about that he did in Pembroke, uh, a lot of our best flips have been the really nasty homes, um, which is why We Buy Ugly Homes works and that kind of stuff. Totally. Uh, I think some of our better ones, you know, one of them had 20-something dogs living in it, that birdhouse from way back in the day wow. that had like 25 birds living in it. And so, I mean, some of those type of things people want to stay away from. The cat house over in Marble years ago that went nuts. <laughs> that was my house. You guys. No. <laughs> uh, it's funny, there's always, an, there's, there's always too many animals in the home. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, it's destroy yeah. a property. Yeah. Because yeah. they go for a lot lower. Right. Yeah. A lot lower. Yeah. So, speaking about evaluating and pricing, so, and John, you start us off. When you are, you know, you said you want to work with people who know their numbers. Mm -hmm. So, when you're looking at these properties and it's kind of your first gut reaction and you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this and I think that the margin is X, what's going through your head? So, for me, like, if it's somebody who knows what they're doing or not, um, and as Jason said earlier, it's best if they're going to be either doing the work or they know what they're doing. They're not getting taken advantage of by the trades um, or yeah. getting marked up. They need to know their own numbers because a lot of issues I see with uh, agents is they'll say, you know, it's, we can get it for this price. We can sell it for this price. It's only going to cost you this much. And that's where the fault is by telling them what it's going to cost because you don't know right. what their plan is. I mean, totally. are they putting granite yeah. in or are they putting plastic, right? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. what are you putting in? And so I always just tell each client that, you know, you need to know your numbers, what your plan is. I'll tell you where we can sell for and I'll tell you around where we can get it for and you need to run your numbers based you, on that. You fill the gap in. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, how much is your, your construction cost, your holding costs, your commissions, your, your uh, lawyer fees, everything. Run all the numbers for them and then if it makes sense, you know, and you have to be you can't shoot for the moon. Like, you have to be realistic on, on the price and come yeah. down a little bit to be tight. That way, if they make more, then they're happy no. and not mad because you told them they're going to make this and they oh. don't. Fair. Yeah. So. Same question to you. Yeah, it's, I'm finding it very difficult right now. Um, and I don't know if other realtors are finding that the finished products are sitting on the market right now. Yeah. And everything that needs to be renoed, people are scooping it up, which is a good sign for the market. Um, it means that I think we're not quite there yet. And so it, it, for me, it's people who are buying houses to renovate them, you need to have that strategy to maybe hold on for a little bit longer. Um, right. But uh, yeah, definitely, it doesn't cost any more to demo a house that is totally ruined already to one that has a little bit of upgrades. So if you're paying for those upgrades mm -hmm. and then ripping them out, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense to do that. And yeah. it, that, a lot of times that's your margin as well. And for me, I find it difficult when you're working with a client to go in and say like, look, this part of the house here, they've renoed it and it looks good. Let's keep that and let's work around it. Um, like we, I just sold a listing in Acadia that uh, none of my clients wanted it. The kitchen was done, um, maybe not quite the way that they would have done it, but everything else needed to be renoed and it was priced accordingly. And someone would have a great time just doing the floors and everything else. But 
it, now you're working around something. It's just better to find that house that the animals have ruined it. And now you can just, you can just strip it right down to nothing. And you can uh, well, And it's not, it, realistically, it's not the greatest time for flips right now. It's not. It's too much uncertainty. The yeah. inventory's up. The sales are down 25%. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I got a lot more of the whole, we're actually working together on some land. And, and uh, we pushed into that. So from that side, the flips for me have died down quite a bit just because it's... Well, it's cyclical. It's, it's like you'll see, you'll see yeah. different seasons in the market. Um, Good time to buy them, like he's saying, and hold on to them because when the market does come back, then you're going to make that much more because you bought now. Right. But your yeah. clients will never listen to you when you say, buy it now and hold on until it's next year, and then we'll flip it. And that's right. No, they don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too yeah. risky right now. That's right. <laughs> and that's the time, you know, fear is the time yeah. that yeah. you get in. One thing that, it's not, it's not on here, but just to your point right now of it's better to just sell. So if you guys were working with clients right now, you know, typically a realtor or a stager might walk in and be like, nah, you know what, before you should sell, you could probably get a little bit more money if you just painted these cabinets or changed that out. Based off of your experience right now in those types of homes, would you just say... Are we talking about like regular residential sale? Or yeah, right, regular residential sale, just because I know a lot of people watching will be thinking that, and you just kind of made the comment of it might be better to not. So would you say even for most people, it'd be better to just price a property at what it is versus depends on the what, rental because you I mean, said everything's rentaled out there and that the rentaled ones aren't going. He well, said I mean, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, just, that's yeah, just for like flips. the people that people are stuff that yeah. people are buying at a low value and they're putting fifty to seventy five thousand into. Gotcha. There's a lot of those on, and they are selling, but there's a lot of those on the market, and I do see that the trend is that they are starting to get eaten up, um, but definitely I'm fine. It's hard to find those properties that are at that level where they need the work and they're priced accordingly, those ones, investors are eating that stuff up. And land too, I'm finding investors are buying up because they know the market's going up. I don't know when, but at some point it is and everybody I think agrees on that. Yeah, yeah for sure. So. Now, it's time for the boom. Yeah. The bust is <laughs> yeah. over. Well, like literally, and we're, we're looking at it and the, the auctions, I mean, for, at, at the risk of dating this video, and I, and I hate doing that, but uh, I'm just gonna say, you know, yesterday, Obviously, the, the government um, bought the pipeline. pipeline and things like that. So who knows where that's going to go over the long term? Um, and no one has this crystal ball. But um, I feel like that we are, and we've read a bunch of articles on it. Is you know, with the, the numbers, the economics of Alberta look up, but the market hasn't followed it yet right. because the confidence isn't quite there yet. So, are you guys seeing? I think the stress test, that stuff's had a big, a huge, huge, impact. huge stress play test, on interest it. Interest rates going up. Yeah, um, big one. People yeah. are recalibrating. Yeah. Too much uncertainty. So, yeah. and that's and investors don't like uncertainty, especially when it comes to, to flips, because that's, you know, I mean, you don't want to go. Uh, reason he's saying hold on to it and rent it for a while. I mean, if you go make this place beautiful and you don't sell it for the price you want, you're renting it out, and then somebody's yeah. beating up your right. beautiful property. And so, yeah. it's too that's much uncertainty. To your point, you buying something that you can hold unrentoed, yes. Because then when you reno it, you're not Doesn't worried about matter. a tenant getting beat up. Well, and you bit. stick a tenant in there and pay for it. Right. Until it's ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now you can rent to people that have animals too, which is it's hard. It's hard for tenants to find that, and that was kind of my niche too. I made a lot That's of a rental and really income. smart thing. To I say. knew I was ripping the flooring out anyways, and I just told them I was like, you know, within reason. Smart. I'm okay Not with 20. you guys damaging the house, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The amount of people I knew when I was kind of like the 24 to 28 that had a cat or had a dog and ended up not moving out because yeah. they couldn't find a place to rent, so they just yeah. stayed yeah. with their parents. It was crazy. Yeah, that's clever. Okay, that's so clever. let's, and this one may be a quick question, um, but because you guys alluded to it at the beginning, but I want to just clarify it a bit. 
Um, are you working with investors who are already educated? Are you providing that information? Is that your criteria for filtering them out? I work with both. So, okay. I mean, I've got a, a portfolio of investors that I've worked with for years and some decade and some some are new and then we get new people coming all the time and those new people could be investors that are educated that have been referred right um, we're not running any sites or anything for it so a lot of ours is word of mouth yeah. um, and people that we meet I mean we do sites for the team but also as people you know, have, but to have contacts and the construction knowledge or a little bit of that yeah. you said you're not providing that I actually do so I get people that are coming in that this is their first or their second and um, yeah, we'll educate them and, and walk them through. But most people that come, they're not totally green. green. Yeah, right. they're, they're, they have some knowledge. Um, but I have, yeah, full spectrum okay. myself. And educated, non-educated clients. Yeah, I, I used to work with everybody. Um, and I will in the future when the market is, is better for it. But uh, I used to do site visits three, four times a week to multiple projects. And I just, wow. I'm burnt out and I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, and especially in this kind of a market, it's too risky and I don't want that on my head. And, and he's doing a lot more hands-on with the actual construction side of it, so it's a lot more of his time. Yeah. Whereas Not I'm, anymore, I'm, I don't get <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, realizing it. Yeah, yeah, up until last year, like I was, I was picking up, and picking up my, my hammer and... Uh, yeah, and your happy hammer. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I'm, I'm preferring to work with the people that they can just do it. I'll help them find the property yeah. and they'll do the rest of it. And yeah. there's, there's not a, much of a way to make a profit right now if That's you don't fair. have that. So for, for, for realtors watching, thinking of you know, clients that may have approached them on this before or realtors thinking, I kind of want to learn this stuff. Are there any resources specifically that if somebody, if it, like, <coughs> I just came up to you and I was like, hey John, like, I want to learn about flipping properties. Like, where should I start learning? Like, what does that look like? Are like the internet or I don't know. I, not HGTV. Not HGTV. <laughs> um, John's actually, cell number is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I don't really use too many. I mean, I use a lot of stuff for uh, for holds and that kind of stuff, like performa sites and running your numbers. Um, I think really, if you're an agent, getting educated on that yourself is huge, so you can educate your client. Um, if you're a client leaning on someone that knows what they're doing is is a big thing. I don't know of any two like sites or he's got a site. So, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so, so for the two of you, then I guess like a question would be like, are you self-educated? Like, did you guys go anywhere to learn 100%. any of this stuff, or did you both just figure it out? Yeah, I, I'm a journeyman carpenter. Yes, um, and I worked in residential and commercial construction for pretty much since I was eight. So years that's old. where you got all of that from. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and my dad he. He taught me everything. He's he's a carpenter and doing his thing. So, uh, I, I think just the experience of it. Um, I don't think you need to go to school for it, uh, but you need to. I think you need to do a project yourself, and you need to understand. Very eye opening. Because until you yeah. pull drywall off and you see what's behind the wall and you understand how a house is put together, it's really difficult to understand what needs to be put into it. That's really so. good advice. So before you work with anybody on anything, try and have some personal. I mean, for experience. the agents out there, there's. Tons of guys that are that are involved in it. Even just if you don't have the resources to go do a flip, which yeah. probably not the best idea right now, anyways. But I mean, um, just like you go meet with an, a realtor to do an open house to learn the business, find somebody who's in that realm and maybe go with them to the project. Jason will take you out and show you. <laughs> I got nothing else to do, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know I'm what I mean? Go around. see what it actually what it actually happens on a flip, rather than. 
Because yeah. if you've never done it, like you said, and you're walking in and trying to tell somebody totally. what's going to happen, you're probably not sounding yeah. so don't, right. Don't be a victim of video editing on, on <laughs> HGTV when we talk right. about that kind of stuff. This is all, it's a highlight reel, right? So most of anybody that you've worked with for the first time doing this, is it always an eye-opening experience for them? Like if it's their first flip? I, I think <laughs> most people learn the hard way, right, on a flip. Yeah. Um, Under budget. Not expecting the, time. they don't, yeah, they, they're like, oh, I'll be in and out here in a month. And, you know, and, and it'll cost me five grand. And, and then it's six months and 50 grand or whatever. So. Yeah. So need someone to educate them up front, right? I got to share this really short story. I was, uh, I bought a house in Bennington and it had um, three bedrooms up and three bedrooms in the basement. And I thought, gosh, like I could actually just put a, a basement suite in here. So I gutted the basement and uh, put a kitchen in and everything else and stuff. And I, I had seen extreme home makeover. So I thought they can build a house in a week, which means that I can finish a basement in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing. It literally, I started in February and in November it still wasn't done. Right. So it was just horrible. And you tried doing it yourself. Yeah, it was awful. Right. It was awful. So. Um, and you learned. Oh, God. So absolutely. they do the same thing. I mean, hopefully you have someone who knows what they're doing to yeah. go over that process and make sure they're not going to learn the hard way because then they're going to blame. Yeah, that's right. That's, you're, you're, you nailed it because they do. They blame you guys. Right. Yeah. If, if you mismanage their expectations or didn't educate them on it <clears> or gave them false hope. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of that, because that's a good that's a good transition to this. Um, what's the difference between working with the happy family that wants their home in the suburbs and everything else versus the investor client? What's the philosophical difference? I know that they're stark, but it's like, give us some insight into that psychology of it. Um, I think I was waiting for you to go. <laughs> I, feel like you take I mean, it. there's a lot of similarities. Everybody wants a good investment, so that's, you know, you got to make sure you're educated. Yeah. Um, but at night and day, as far as what you're looking for, there's, for a normal homeowner, it's pretty much all emotion. And for an investor, there can't be any emotion. And if you mix those two, I mean, investment comes, I think as a, what do you call it, the, the normal happy homeowners that are buying whatever, they actually want emotion, and our job as realtors is to teach them the investment side as well, right? That's right. what they're using us for. Whereas the investors, it's the opposite, where if emotion gets brought in, it's our job to say no emotion. So it's kind of mirror on those two. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, we're, yeah. We're, sh we're teaching the regular people that from the investment side, you know, what are the homes going for? What is the resale like? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Don't get caught up on the, the, the pretty fuzzy home that yeah, yeah, Schmierko yeah. built. Yeah. You know, <laughs> run your numbers. And, yeah. then the yeah. <laughs> and then the investor is, is the opposite where, you know, they're looking for only investment. And so we have to keep them on that track and not caught up into anything else. The emotional side. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Does that make sense? Maybe, and maybe touch, Jason, maybe touch on the home search process because it's like we got a client and they say, here's these. 30 homes over the course, it's like I'm going to show six showings each time, whereas investors yeah. are probably a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of it is time. Um, in a market like this, you spend way more time with an investor. Um, you show way more properties and you do way more work. Um, with a first time home buyer, it's a completely different 
process where it's something like, oh, oh, you like that tree that's growing through the foundation into your living room? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll look for more of that. Like you literally just listen. Yeah, you listen, and then you punch in the criteria, and then you look at you look at some houses, and it can be frustrating to look at a lot of houses with a first-time home buyer, yeah. um, or just someone who's looking for something special. But it, it's not that same stress level of if you don't hit your margins. Um, it's not even necessarily the liability of it. It's the fact that if this guy doesn't make enough money on it, he's not going to do this again. And a lot of times, that's the that's the your business too, investors. right? That's yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. So, so the the flip process. Jason, start on this. From the second you buy the house, give us a basic run through, kind of everybody watching, being like, this is what a flip looks like. So it starts before you even start looking at the houses, and it's obviously finding out about the financing, which everybody does that, but it's more figuring out, um, there's ways that you, I've got clients that are borrowing money at 15% interest um, with no down payment in order to just, money. just to get it, yeah, yeah, just to get it done quickly. Um, but the process essentially starts with having your numbers, um, doing your quotes, figuring out, bungalows is the biggest, that's the most common flip because they're so similar, the square footage is smaller, as soon as you get into two stories, even if it's a tiny house, the square footage goes up a lot of times. So um, yeah, figuring out what you're gonna do on the project, what you're capable of doing, have all your suppliers ready, um, because you need to know where you're buying your stuff from. A lot of time it's doing uh, your selections before you even start looking. Wow. A lot of times when we were flipping, um, I had pre-bought carpet once for enough for 13 houses. Wow. And the paint we bought, uh, like something like 150 gallons, or of those five gallon pails of paint because they were on sale and it was Love the, that. yeah, and it was, and yeah. so you have that stuff stored up. Um, that's the first step is to figure out how you're going to do it and, and get to that step because by the time you take possession, if you don't have your cabinets ordered and your permits in place, you're going to take six weeks just to get started. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, you have to have all the planning has to be done long before you take possession. Could have done that, right? Don't For your basement. Had it all lined up. <laughs> so, I, so I did. That was actually something I had. I had literally all the drywall and I used quick set uh, drywall mud because I thought that's what you use because I already used that. So and the guy at the Home Depot was just like, really? Like, have you done this before? I'm like, no. So I went and attended the Home Depot like mudding course. It was, it was you After you bought? I had, I had all the materials sitting in my driveway the day of possession. Oh. And, and so that was, that was the good part. Oh, you were ready for that. Oh, no, I was, and I was except for um, then it all just like was sitting there. I had to cover it with tarps because I just didn't get around to it. <laughs> it was awful. Anyways, um, so John, add to that the, the process. So you got the materials ordered. You've now um, you, you've, you've taken possession of the house. Um, maybe take us through at a higher level going yeah. to the sale, the, the sale process. Um, what kind of timelines are we looking at? Is it totally different depending on the people? So just like, you know, you're, look, you're doing your research for the homes itself, you want to look into, you know, I mean, it's hard to forecast what's going to happen, yeah. but you can still see trends as far as how long the average time to sell in that area is, add a little bit on top uh, just to, to protect yourself. Your price point's huge. Like, um, his one in Pembroke, he learned the hard way, your ceilings, right? I mean, nothing probably went in the chicken coops for 250. Nope. So knowing that if I spent, I'm not gonna get there, right? Now his was, he made money either way, so it was fine. But like knowing your area and where, having that all ready to go. So you know before you've taken possession what you're getting it for, because you just bought yep. it, but you're, you're, 
all your supplies, your, your, if you have trades, that kind of stuff, you have all your numbers ran uh, on a spreadsheet, whatever. You know what's going on. You have a, a, a date that, you know, more than two weeks to do the basement type yeah. thing. You put your, your <laughs> but you put your, your timelines in and, and you kind of forecast what's going to happen. And I guess are your trades available? Do they, are they booked at another project? Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, and you're actually going so far as you're booking them in. Like yeah. before you've got uh, your possession date set even, you're making sure that everyone is available all the way through because if one guy takes an extra three or four days, it doesn't, push everybody, everything. Yeah, it doesn't push everybody back three or four days. It pushes them back sometimes months because, oh, well, we had a three-day period where we were coming in. Sorry, we got another job we're doing now, nice. and there's a process. And certain guys it. have to go first, so... So obviously, Jason, you have a construction company, so a lot of the stuff that you're doing, you can provide your clients with the contracting for? Yeah. That's true. And then, John? I do not. I mean, I, by doing it in the long term, I have a lot of connections that I can point them to. But so that's what I was going to ask. If, some, if you're working with an investor, are they relying on you to say, like, okay, John, so like, now who do I use for all of this? Like, do you feel like you're kind of on the hook to have all of those relationships? No, no. So uh, for me, I mean, Jason, that's his background. That's what he does. That's where he came from um, and why he got into real estate. The, the investors, I mean, most of my investors are guys I've known forever, and they have their trades and everything. Okay. The newer ones, you know, they might ask, and I kind of use the same, the older investors' trades to pass on or yeah. people I know. But uh, I don't get involved that much on that side of it. That's where we differ a lot. Like I don't, you know, I'm I'm the agent. So for me, I'll bring so the them in, find the deals. So the expectation that you're handholding throughout that process, you're like, no. I'm done. That's it. Yeah, I don't. So I guess when we're talking about turn away clients, I won't get into it. I'm not here to teach you how to flip, if that makes sense. Like I'm yeah. not here, not the yeah, trade cool, side cool. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need to be educated on that or get educated before you come to me. I'm gonna hustle and find the deals for you and tell you where you should buy. Yeah. And then you're on your own until it's time to sell, right? I mean, I, I'm, that sounds horrible. I'll no, help no. them along the way. But, yeah, yeah. Of course. but I, I think as realtors, we wear, we wear too many hats, right? We wear a lot of hats. And so it's like yeah. we're a counselor, we're everything. And sometimes you just got to be like, I'm just That's a realtor. <laughs> and for you, Jason, you, if, somebody, if you work with somebody on a flip, are they almost always using your team for the work that's being done on it? Like, is that kind of like part of your package deal? In the past, um, I actually had a ton of employees at one point where it was actually my employees that were doing the work. And yeah. it just became so much work that it wasn't fun anymore. And the margins go down too. Like when you're that burnt out that you're getting three, four hours of sleep a night because you have to do the real estate, you have to manage a company, and you can't delegate stuff like that because as soon as you delegate, you're paying one more person. Yep. Um, so I don't do that anymore. Um, in the future, depending on the market, um, it may be something that I'll get back into. So you but refer out trades now? I, I, supply, I, I give them the names of my suppliers and people usually buy through my company for all the supplies. The work is done by them or by their people and I give them suggestions uh, and nobody ever listens to you. But uh, they'll listen to a point, but they'll always go off and do their own thing. Yep. And uh, as long as you, I, I make sure everything is in writing where I tell them this is what I think, and then you're covered. And it's also, it's the same thing with any real estate. I mean, if you recommend somebody and that person doesn't do. Right, you're on you the know, hook. Yeah. You're on the hook. So I learned the hard way on that a lot of stuff. So I just, yeah. it's better to, you know, if you really need somebody, here's somebody that I've used in the past Bring or your my guys use, but yeah. do your research. Um, let's, let's talk about the mistakes, common mistakes that are made in flip. Jason, kick us off. 
really the biggest one is in the demo. People going in and they plan on, we're gonna rip out the floors, we're gonna take out this wall, and we're gonna take out the cabinets. And all of a sudden, you have studs with no roof on the house. And it, it happens so fast, and usually people bring in all their friends to do it. And so you've got all these people just ripping stuff out, and that is the number one mistake that I see. Um, the other mistake is going too far with it. Like what John said, like you need to know your ceiling. It's not just the ceiling of what people are willing to buy in the neighborhood. It's what the banks are willing to approve mm -hmm. and what, uh, what kind of equity you're going to have and what kind of buyers it is, really. Like if you're flipping a house, which I've never done before, where you buy into a million-dollar house that needs renos and then you're trying to sell for two, I know guys that do that. That's a different market, and you don't need to worry about the banks because it's probably a cash buyer or it's someone who they can make up the difference. They're buying it because they love it. Yeah. Um, again, when you get into the, the cheaper areas, they're restricted by their 5% down payment and whatever the banks appraise it at. So putting in too much is, is often the big thing. And then shoddy workmanship. Uh, I mean, when you go into... There's How many? a lot of flips that have shoddy work. Cutting, yeah. cutting corners, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that totally. um, lipstick on a pig type yeah. thing. It's like you're, you know... Cosmetic stuff that you're doing. It's not, this is a flip, it's, this is a bad flip like, yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as you walk in, right? Totally. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the number one thing that you see in houses that people have done shoddy work on is you look at the trim and the baseboards and the joints on those, they're either incorrectly done or like I've seen houses where everything looks amazing and the baseboards are upside down. You've got a sharp corner on the top and you can clearly see like something doesn't look right and most people won't pick out what it is, but everybody notices that something's not right. And, that, and that's a big mistake I've seen a lot of people is you know, one little thing, they, they amazing job, and one or two little things they don't right. correct. So everyone coming in is like, well, if that's wrong, what else what is else? wrong, right? Yeah. So, and it could be a beautiful renovation that they just got lazy on one part or didn't come in and check their stuff out, right? Any more mistakes to add on? Just, I mean, I keep saying it, but just your research is huge. Like, knowing your numbers, knowing your timelines on how long yeah. it's gonna take to get stuff done, yeah. Um, yeah, get educated before you. And I'd, I'd, I'd add to that a lot of times where you guys actually made a great point for realtors looking to get in the game of shadowing somebody. But, you know, I made a mistake as someone who's getting to invest in real estate where I thought I could do a commercial conversion, um, like a rezone and things like that. And I knew nothing about it. I was good at doing rentals. I was good at doing things. I knew nothing about flips. And I just got a bit greedy. And I thought, ah, I'll go into an area I know nothing about instead of partnering with someone that did know for the first couple and then moving on with that. Even from the investor standpoint, partner with someone who's knowledgeable, maybe you can provide the financing or something, you do a project together, you learn, instead of saying, I'm really good at long-term rentals, yeah. and now I'm gonna get in the flip market. And it's like, because I can just make more yeah. money, and you're like, hold on a second. Totally. Different, yeah. different world, different world. Different yeah. world. Let's go on to, let's go on to our last question, um, and talk about inducements. I don't want to say anything wrong, so you ask this question. Yeah, okay. So I always start so, talking about like money and stuff. I don't do it. Talk about. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um, no, so, so here's one of the things that I did in my business was I said, if you buy a, a property through me and you flip it within a year, um, I'll sell it for you for my expenses only. Um, and maybe that's too generous, whatever else. Did you guys do anything like that? Did you guys do anything with I you? I mean, we'd be lying if we, like some of my investor clients that I've worked with for a long time, um, you know, that do large volume with yeah, us. You, do, you have business relationships. Yeah, we, we, you know, we have something where on the buying, it's always full commission. On the sell, I give them a, a discount. Yeah. I still charge them. Yeah, fair. Um, but, you know, and, and there's a few guys, and then there's a lot that, You'd like to probably charge more. <laughs> yeah, fair. But but yeah, I mean, 
do I make deals for guys who give me lots of volume? Yes. Oh, and yeah. I, I encourage realtors out there in the world that it's like, people say, well, what should I charge you here? They say, well, never discount your commission. You're yeah. giving away your value. It's like, my boy, they're, they're laughing right now because that's what I tell them every time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's true, like the one-off stuff, you need to know your value, but then it's also like you can make business decisions that make sense for the long term yeah. with some people. Uh, Jason, same question. Yeah, I absolutely. Um, I'm, like, I'm, I'm the worst for cutting commissions. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it's, it's because... Um, You're probably, you probably offer before people even... Like, I, pay, I, I, I give the money to... Yeah. It, yeah. That's right. No, I, I've had instances, and this is a little away from the flipping, I've had instances where somebody's called me and said, I found the house I want to put an offer on. Will you do it for half the commission? Yeah, I'll do it for half the commission. I don't have to do anything. I'm writing, write an offer yeah, down. I'm going to write the offer down. And uh, with flipping, absolutely. Right now, um, the three clients I'm flipping with, the deal is I get a full buyer commission and I sell it for fifteen hundred flat. Plus, we offer a buyer a full commission. And it's the only way that the, the guys are doing volume. That's what I mean. They 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 won't work with you if you don't. Same with the builders. I mean, the builder realtors. Yeah. You know, they're getting these listings and things, and they're. Yeah. If you're not, I mean. And we do a lot of stuff like the buy-in, the buy-in side. Don't give it away. No, and, and don't give it away. And make sure you're not losing out on it. Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's value. Your, your sign goes up. You get a few more buyer calls. You know, you can, you can spin off some other business from the listing marketing. Um, but I never lost money on it. But it was always like, hey, you guys want to build a business relationship with me? Let's make this work. Right. Um, so, and yeah, just like builders. I mean, if you're listing spec homes and things like that, um, and people are doing it for $2,000 a spec home or or a little bit more or a little bit less sometimes because someone's yeah. gonna give me 70 listings this year. Yeah. It's like, well, there's, there's value in terms of that, like no question. 100%. Yeah. Cool, all right, um, I think that's, that's basically all that we had on here. Uh, thanks for showing up awesome job. at the early no hours this yeah. morning, we appreciate it. I mean, um, I was better, but you're, you're all right, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, you both, both equally. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you so this much, um, John, Jason, everybody. Um, you, you're both, you used to be in the downtown office. I'm now still you're, in the downtown. You're, but you don't, you, you don't have an office there anymore? Do you? I give up my office there. I give it to him. Because oh. I live right beside him. Oh, oh, yeah, well, they, it was, that was my office. They moved over, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, well, cool. if anyone wants to harass one of these guys, you can probably find them in the downtown office or causing problems. Yeah, and them. actually, that's a, a huge thing. Like, I mean, the reason you're doing this uh, and what we talked about earlier like for all the agents, like Jason does in CIR. CIR is awesome for sharing and, yeah. and you know, through our, our networks and our groups. And so on this topic, I mean, I'll speak for Jason. If you guys need any help, reach out to us, right? Yeah, yeah, make it work. You guys are the best. Awesome. Thanks, well, thank guys. You, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to another uh, <laughs> CIR Live uh, Agent Pursuit. Uh, and we're going to have some great more uh, great topics coming to you guys in the future here. So uh, make sure you guys tune in and don't forget to uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, subscribe to our blog through agentpursuit.com, and uh, tune in on iTunes to the podcast. You have um, a podcast. We haven't really said that out loud. You guys are going to be on this. Is going to be a podcast. This is, this is a podcast episode as well. <laughs> it's our first podcast. Which is which your is first fantastic. podcast, totally. And, or also anywhere you can download podcasts. Uh, you can yeah. listen to it as well, not just iTunes. So. Um, that's it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Again. Thank you very much. And we'll, we'll look forward to connecting with you guys soon. Thanks. Perfect.